When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Six Rings Cane Show, a show dedicated to Miami Hurricane sports, featuring the legendary Larry Bluestein, Jazz Santana, Vish, and Danny Gillette. Let's go Canes. And welcome back, Canes fans, to the Six Rings Cane Show. Uh, real quick, before we get it going, want to give a shout out to our sponsor, uh, Price Picks for the night. Uh, it's real simple. We'll go through it real quick. Um, here's the here's good thing, right? As soon as you sign up, make sure you put in the code Five F I V E and Price Picks will match your initial deposit up to a hundred dollars. Make sure you sign up today. Uh, here's the great. What's great about it is you can actually just pick players from different leagues, different sports, match them up all together. It all depends on how much you want to win. You can select between two to five players um, and uh, pick the over under on their individual categories, and then just go ahead and win and win some money there. So it's a it's a real fun app. Make sure you sign up. When you sign up, you log in and uh, put the uh, code word five to um, get a match on your initial deposit up to $100. That's prizepicks.com. Again, code word five, F-I-V-E, prizepicks.com. Check them out. And uh, let's get it going. We'll bring everybody in now. All right. There they go. There we go. Good evening, everybody. As you guys can see, the man, the myth, the legend, Alex Donald, joins us on the program today on the show. What's going on, Donald? How you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm doing great. Actually, I, I'm lying. I just spent about 45 minutes playing Xbox, and I'm nauseous. Like I, I'm not built for video games. Uh, I haven't felt this bad since I watched the Middle Tennessee game. It was it was a rough experience. <laughs> yeah, I can't play video games anymore either. You know what happens to me is I will end up going. I'll put an all nighter, and I, I can't do that. I can't pull all nighters anymore. I'm same done. here, Jess. Same here. It's not yeah. good. It's not good. And I only play sports games. Like I can't play first person yeah. shooter. Same here. I can't do any of that. I'm There's no way. I'm, I am the worst at it. I'm not even great at the sports game. So I mean, well, you know, I mean, you gotta you gotta play you know sports football games. That's how you that's how you become smart in the coaches and you tell them how to do their job, man. How are you gonna do that? <laughs> yeah, like, we can all call plays better <laughs> yes. than them, right? I know. Yeah, so I mean, I can break down. Just gotta work in the real game. I could break down film with the best of them. <laughs> Oh man, uh, you know. Well, you know what's fun though? It's it's game week again, baby, right? And so we get to uh, either cry a little bit more or put a smile on our face. Before that, again. I gotta take us all over a tangent because I always do. Um, have you guys heard of this Fat Bear Week thing? 
No, I have no so, idea. So but my friend got me into this at work, and I guess this Alaska National Park, they the bears come out of hibernation, and they do like before and after picks to show who got the fattest, and they do like a bracket, and you compete against it. That that would be it, 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 she's live tweeting it right now. I had to get away from that to do this, but they're doing the bracket reveal. It's like a selection show. They're like this fat bear against this fat bear, and then like they're breaking down the matchups and like this one's a little bead. That's where's this at? Points. Where, where's this at? Um, it's at Katmai National Park. Um, there's a Twitter account, Katmai NPS, but they do this fat bear week. So where's that bracket. located? Where's that national park? Uh, Alaska. Ah, well, there you go. That's so they do a, they do a bracket, and then you vote like all week, and bears keep advancing. That's unbelievably ridiculous. Well, it's hey. awesome, but apparently there's other things than just being fat. She's got like a she's breaking it down like 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 Jay Billis breaking down the NCAA tournament bracket. She's like that one was a little aggressive. I think that's gonna hurt it. That's probably yeah. not a champion. I honestly <laughs> didn't expect us to start off the show. Like I said, a, I always gotta come up with some with kind of a, tangent, whether it's kickball or you know, fat bear. Fat there's gotta be something. The Miami Hurricanes defense needs to come Look, see, that's what we don't want to talk week. about. So that's why I'm talking about <laughs> they Fat Bear Week. Out of Look, if we had, this week. If oh, we were 4-0, I would not be talking about Fat Bear Week, all right? So I appreciate thanks, the best segue. Because I, I like that, DJ. I like that. I like that. Coming out of hibernation, the offense and the defense, both. Um, yeah, look, it's, 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 it's a big game. It's a season. It's an ACC opener. Uh, we've got a tough matchup against a really great offense obviously you know we we, we want to talk about how we should be able to score with you know on them right because their defense is not that good let's kind of pause for a second and take a step back and you know realize we've been struggling on offense as well so uh, as much as i think we we can score with with them uh i i think i'm more concerned with drake may josh i think it's josh downs right and, and that de- that offense that is a formidable offense there they score points they score with the best of them um, and but I did mention the defense is not great, Dono. C- kind of give me your thoughts on, um, you know, just it, it's been a week now since the MTSU loss, right? And we've seen what they've done, we've seen what other teams that we've played have done, we've seen what Texas AM did, they and then they kind of dropped one to a Mississippi State team, although they're a pretty good Mississippi State team. I will say that that's a, that's a really good team over there. Um, this co- this this college season has been kind of wacky if you ask me there's a lot of teams that are underachieving some that are overachieving some that come came out of nowhere right you've got the kansas of the world you got all you've got all this going on where does miami fit in and how do they prepare for acc play now with just like just a state of how college football is right now where you can't really gauge who's i mean aside from like georgia and alabama you can't really gauge who's really really good yet right like this is kind of crazy for me well, it's crazy because I think that some of the things you're seeing, uh, mainly because of the transfer portal, how even non-Power 5 teams that have no bid, I'm not like making excuses for what happened against Middle Tennessee, but it's not the only time we've seen it around the country. I mean, Notre Dame lost to Marshall, you know, App State. I know they give everybody problems, but they really shouldn't have had any business beating Texas A&M on the road. So I think you see it now more than ever with the transfer portal because players who normally wouldn't end up on group of five teams are sometimes making that jump just to get more playing time somewhere. So easy to move. So I think you're seeing, you know, a a lot of people thought that like with NIL and maybe it'll end up playing out this way that there was going to be like less parity in college football. But I think with transfer portal in some cases in NIL, there's actually more parity in college football. And, you know, maybe that might kind of change as, as we sort of settle out of the wild, wild west state that we're in. As far as Miami preparing for ACC play, 
they got to get back to their identity. Um, you know, I, I know people say, you know, you shouldn't judge a team on their best day and you shouldn't judge a team on their worst day that you kind of go by the average and at least like, you know, not that things have been perfect by any stretch, but at least in the first three games of the year, you saw Miami looking more physical than they have in years uh, up front, blocking well, the running game was on point. You need to bring that back because against Middle Tennessee, you had basically problematic everywhere outside of like Keyshawn Smith and and Frank Ladson, who played pretty well. And then that backup punter who kicked pre- pretty much everybody else played poorly in that game, including you completely lost your physicality. Like the offensive lineman just never got out of bed that day. So you need to get that back, of course. Um, you know, defensively, you know, we, we spoke with defensive coordinator Kevin Steele today and you know, he basically said, first of all, he, these are his words, you know, put all the blame on me for all those coverage breakdowns because Miami gave up those four massive passing plays, which was just, you know, in coverage, they were really breaking. And he took the blame basically saying, I either need to put my players in better positions or if there are certain players who, you know, can't cover in certain ways, it's my job to make sure I'm not putting them on an island like he put that all on himself and then. You know, I'm not going to beat around the bush because I know everyone wants to talk about Miami's passing game because it is going to be Tyler Van Dyke. Cristobal confirmed that twice today. The TVD is still the starting quarterback. It's not just on Tyler. Uh, it's every aspect of the passing game needs to get better. Uh, they need to call plays. Josh Gaddis uh, getting guys in better positions to succeed. Wide receivers need to hold on to footballs. And yeah, Tyler needs to be better because, you know, I start getting frustrated, guys, seeing the conversations that people are having where they're like, no, it's all Tyler's fault or it's all Josh Gaddis. This guy's a fraud. This guy's terrible because this, you know, former Ohio State wide receiver coach with that little criminal pass has like dedicated his entire YouTube channel basically to trashing Josh Gaddis and making personal attacks on the guy. I think that's influencing a lot of people out there. Uh, and then, you know, obviously Tyler has also had trouble you know, connecting with receivers. So it's like, I really hope that um, the bye week came at the right time, right? Because you have to hope that the middle Tennessee game was rock bottom, because if Miami plays that badly again, they may not even be able to beat Georgia tech on their worst day, right? Cause Georgia tech just won a game that they weren't supposed to win. So I'm assuming Miami is going to be better than they were the rest of the year than against middle Tennessee. And I'm hoping that that bye week maybe got a few people healthy right? Because the running backfield was pretty banged up last week. Um, you know, hopefully Henry Parrish and Jalen Knighton are going to be okay. And hopefully Van Dyke has maybe gone back to some of the basics and he's going to come out more confident next week. Well, that, that's what I really wanted to get into first and foremost, because we, we did hear the news that um, uh, Tyler Van Dyke is going to be the starting quarterback, uh, at, at least for the North Carolina game and, and <clears throat> potentially moving forward. And, and I like it though, you know, because he's, he's riding with his guy. I know he mentioned you know, you can't judge or you can't, you know, punish a player for one bad game or something like that. You know, he said something along those lines, right? Um, and, and I get that he is protecting his players. You know, Tyler Randyke's had more than one bad game, right? Let's be honest, right? He hasn't he hasn't looked good for all four games. He hasn't looked great. So, but um, bottom line is, if he's practicing better than the other guys, whether it's Jake or whether it's Jakari, whoever it is, um, and he is you know, for all intents and purposes, looking like the starter in practice, he's the guy that you have to go with, right? He, you know, again, last year he was an absolute stud, 
right? I mean, he came in with all the you know, all the potential accolades. Oh, the Heisman, uh, the you know, the Heisman candidate. He's a first round pick. He's going to be one of the top quarterbacks in the country. Yada yada yada. And he's kind of hasn't lived up to those expectations. However, um, I think we'll answer that question because I think Rob, that's that's an important question to ask. But uh, I want to get your take, Vish and DJ, on on you know, crystal ball going ahead and naming. Uh, TVD, the starting quarterback, right off the bat this week. How do you feel about that? Um, and you know, how do you think he's going to perform now against UNC? So I, I don't think it's that big of a surprise, and I think this is what we signed up for. So what you're going to get is stability and consistency, right? As opposed to the previous haphazard fly by the seat of the pants. I mean, we subbed Tate Martell into a bowl game because fans were screaming about it, right? <laughs> So, like, I'm sorry if people are upset by this. This is you hired a real coach now. He's not going to be there and be like, oh, the fans want Jake Garcia. Let me play him. He has got, he put an offseason program together. He's trying to build consistency and build program culture. And dumping your quarterback that you built your whole offseason program around when, I mean, we talked about this a little last week. Garcia's first two passes were great. And after that, it was the same offense that Van Dyke was playing with. So I think people got so excited after those two throws. Like the rest of the game, he was, what, 8 of 17? Because he ended up 10 of 19? I mean, it was not some kind of masterpiece where you're like, you got to play this guy. So he's going to put the guy in there he thinks is better, which is why he put in Van Dyke to start the year. And he's going to play him. And I don't. I know there's a talk about like how long leash does he have. I think it's going to be a pretty long one because that's his guy. And you know what? Sometimes you can be that way to a fault. But overall, as a program, you'll make up better because the players will respect you. They know you have their back, right? I'm not going to bow down to media pressure or fans yelling at me. I know what I'm doing, and you know what you're getting with me. That is exactly what we signed up for. And this offense where everyone's like, why aren't we running Lashley's offense? This is what we signed up for. <laughs> like, you knew what we were getting. And all of a sudden, people are like, we got the thing we asked for. You want to go back to last year, really? You really want to go back to that mess? <laughs> come on like what are we talking about it was always going to be painful at the beginning yeah so i just this is part of it but i love that he's being consistent i love that there's stability there now. whether or not he eventually wins here i don't know but everyone it's funny how quickly we revert back to let's just do what we've been doing let's yo-yo quarterbacks in and out like mark rick did like i mean randy shans last year like decor harris was never not named the starter just stephen morris was starting like you want to go back to that nonsense like really how about we let this guy work through his process? So I am happy he's making strong decisions and owning them and not equivocating. And that's what you need to ultimately, like as much as we all want to win the coastal this year and, you know, we never want to lose a game. He's thinking two, three years down the road, how am I going to be successful? you got to create that program culture. And part of that is sticking with guys through their rough patches. If every player knows I'm going to yank you out because you have a bad, I know, I know it, <clears throat> you could say, longer than a bat in one game, but I'm going to assume he's practicing better than, than Garcia. Like he's not, they're not putting the worst player out there or who they determined to be the worst player. Right? And by the way, that's not a knock on Jake Garcia. I think Jake no. Garcia has a bright future here. He's super talented. He might be the talent, the most talented quarterback, but he's got deficiencies right now that he needs to work on that. You can right. see. And, and it's unfair out to there. expect him to be right. where Van Dyke is when Van Dyke played like the second half of last year and got all the first team reps through the entire offseason. He's definitely going to be ahead. Right. And the other, the other thing that you don't want to create culture wise is, and I hear our fans say this all the time, the season's lost. Just throw the young players in there. Let's get them experience. 
What kind of culture are you setting for your program? Do people are saying that before they played a single conference game. Yeah, but even – that's definitely true, so it's even more absurd. But even if it was like in the 10th game, you're never going to be better off long-term as a program by putting players in that are worse, that right. did not earn that spot. That freshman that you think is going to get experience, he'd be a lot better off earning that spot than just getting playing time for not working for it. That's exactly how you end up with the culture we've had. Is people expecting things they don't deserve and they don't earn. Right. So he's forcing it on them. Whether or not either of these quarterbacks can run and click with this offense, like Donald said, there's a whole lot of stuff going on here that needs to get corrected. But just looking at the one quarterback, like, oh, he's the problem. And also, just if you watch college football, I hate to say this, but a lot of college football, a lot of football in general now is you get one-on-one matchups, you throw the ball up into one-on-one coverage, and the receiver just goes and gets it. Our guys never do that. So it's the, the bar. We have to get people wide open to catch things if they catch it. And I'm not saying they're not missing throws because certainly Van Dyke, I mean, that last throw we threw last week missed Skinner about like 10 yards, right? It was bad. So I'm not saying he's been perfect, but you look at these high-level teams executing, it's all, oh, I got isolated with my best receiver one-on-one. I'm just throwing it there. I don't care if it's covered. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned – it's funny that you mentioned the offense, right? And you see these offenses and how they're played. You mentioned Coach Lashley's offense last year, right? And how everybody wants to revert back to this, you know, Coach Lashley offense. And oh my God, we scored so many points. Yeah, but we really didn't score so many points now at the end at the end either, right? So here's the thing, right? Like, and I'm not saying we we are them, but you look at Georgia and you look at Alabama and you look at teams like that and even Michigan, right? The top four teams, let's just say, okay. You look at them, and what type of offense are they running? Same kind of offense we're running, right? And I understand we might not have the horses that they do right now, but the the best teams in college football win with those type of offenses. They don't win with the run and gun, the Mike Leach offenses of the world. You see how the Mike Leach offenses, as, as exciting as it is, because I hear a lot of people saying this offense is boring. This offense is boring. But it's not going to be boring if in two or three years, They've got it going, right? Like the Alabamas and the Georgias that are putting up 40 and 50 points, okay? And they're winning football games. And they're winning national titles. Like that's the whole point, right? Yeah, you can you can win, per se, with that run-and-gun style offense, that, that Lashley offense. But at the end of the day, really good defenses, defenses like those SEC defenses, will figure that out. And they will put a stop to it, right? So – I, I think that people need to kind of give give it a chance for forget. And look, I know that a lot of people aren't happy either with the way Gaddis runs his his wide receiver schemes. Right, his passing his passing schemes are a little suspect. His running schemes are great. Uh, it, it, we saw it the first three games. We saw them struggle against MTSU because he kind of did some things to try to open things up for Tyler Van Dyke to try to get him more comfortable. And, and the running game regressed a little bit. I think he needs to go back to that running game and then just try to figure it out on offense, on, uh, you know, yeah, uh, and this with is the passing where, this, is, this is where they're, they're, you know, there was lack of production from the receivers, some through injuries, some through just the talent was down sure. anyway. Sure. It kills because Alabama's not throwing 400 passes a game like out in the flat like Lashley did. But when they throw, it's chunks. It's big plays. We're not making – that's why the offense is like pulling teeth. You, like you, to your point, Jazz, until middle test, you take our running game, you give that to the offensive court, like, oh, I'm going to throw like 15 passes for 400 yards because they're going to have to stack up the run. We can't complete anything. So right. so I, I think it's hard to say. I, mean, I guess my, my problem is we're blaming the quarterback, we're blaming the receivers, and we're blaming the coordinator. It's probably, you know, shared blame across the board. But 
let's fire this guy. Let's fire that guy. Let's bench this yeah, guy. That doesn't work, man. It's like a science experiment. You can't change all the variables at once. You don't even know what you're fixing. Well, and, and I'll add a couple things uh, to what Vishnu said because you hit everything on the head, first of all. So I, I don't I don't even need to comment on what you said because I agree everything you talked about with the culture and all that. Um, you know, just when, when we had a chance to speak with Cristobal today, one thing, this is me kind of reading into his words because he didn't say this so directly, but – I think he understands and he was hinting to us that a lot of this is not Tyler's fault, right? And listen, Cristobal wasn't going to go on and say, oh, and, you know, by the way, yeah, a lot of the the passing scheme has been suspect, right, right, to use your word, and we can't catch a pass, right? Like he didn't come out and say those things, but he did repeatedly say that he kind of understands that with with the scheme change and with some of the other variables around Tyler, like Cristobal said it, that a lot of this is not his fault, right? So, yeah, I, I think it goes back to what Vish was talking about with, you know, a lot of previous coaches would panic and they'd start to play musical quarterbacks. And then that that's the second part of what I'm saying here is I think Mario understands that if you uh, – and maybe this day will come, and I hope it doesn't. But if you're going to bench Tyler to start a game, because it's one thing to bench him in the middle of a game when things were going the way that they're going. But if you're going to if you're going to have going into a game with Jake as the starter, you basically have to understand you can't turn back. Right. That if you if you take it away from Tyler and give it to Jake, then that's the end of the line. It's probably the end of the line for Tyler in Miami. So I, I think. Mario and wanted to create that stability and create that culture understands we need to give Tyler and the entire passing game a chance to kind of play their way out of this. Right. So I, I, I think he realizes that I, I can't do what, uh, what uh, Mark Richt did with Nikosi and Malik. I can't do what Randy Shannon was doing with Robert Marv and Ja'Cory Harris. Like I can't just flip flop it depending on how I feel when I wake up that morning that if I, if I hand it to Jake, it's Jake's team. And I don't think he's ready to do that yet because I think he understands that a lot of these Tyler Van Dyke problems are not all his fault. I agree. Go ahead, DJ. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, yeah, no, I just can say, I agree. I think, I think there's a lot of components to this offense that, you know, aren't clicking right now. And you guys kind of brought up a very good point when talking about, you know, the top tier programs and their offenses. You look at, you know, a team like Ohio State, for example, or even Gaddis's Michigan team last year. They had two capable running backs in Blake Corum and, and Hassan Haskins. They had, you know, playmaking wide receiver and Cornelius Johnson. And they had solid quarterback play. And that was something that um, elevated Michigan to the top in a crowded Big Ten conference. I think that's what Miami kind of wants to establish here. And that's what a lot of these elite programs have. They have elite running back play, good wide receiver play, and good quarterback play. And together that creates a sort of balance that keeps defenses off guard. So, I think when you have at least one of those things missing, then it makes the offense a little jumbled, especially with Gaddis coming from Michigan and and having those three elements, three very good elements, it's kind of creating a struggle for him and the rest of the offense right now, and that includes Tyler Van Dyke. 
Yeah, I, I, I honestly think that Gaddis is still trying to figure it out a little bit with this team as well, getting to kind of know the players that he's working with. You made a good point, DJ. You mentioned it. I mean, he's got a kid. He's got the kid right now is a Heisman. He's for all intents and purposes, he, he might be a Heisman front runner right now. Blake Corum, he's running like like a bat out of hell. He's doing an amazing job over there. I kind of wanted to answer a question here uh, from Utown. Um, you know, the first one is how hard is it to hit open receivers? TD, TBD was missing big time. Yeah, he was missing on some big time, th- some throws big time, right? He did miss a couple of throws. And then the, and then there is some op, some some plays where there is some wide receivers running free or running open. But you got to understand. And, and, and now I kind of want to dish it to you, uh, Dono, on this question. Like, for me, play, that position, quarterback is hard, man, because sometimes and, – and I don't, I don't want to – by any means, I don't want to say <laughs> that I, I understand. But – you know, playing and this is stupid. It might be a stupid comparison, but playing flag football. I've played flag football for over twenty years, right? And sometimes you're, you you want to get that first down. You want to hit a guy. You want to get a guy. You know, you want to get a guy the ball. You want to get a first down or something. And you tend to kind of miss what's going on on the other side of the football. I mean, on the other side of the field, right? You might miss an open guy to try to fit it into someone else, even if the guy is wide open. You got to understand these guys are making split second decisions sometimes on the field, right? So this is tough when people are saying, oh, he's missing all these receivers open all the time. First of all, he's not. Second of all, if you're watching, if you're watching film, let's say, or if you're watching the game, some of these guys bust open after the ball's thrown and you look at the other side of the field like, wow, he's wide open. Well, not necessarily. Remember, the play stops on the other side of the field at that point, right? So you might get a guy that looks wide open that really wasn't. I mean, and then of course, he's probably hesitant. To throw a guy open and to throw those those difficult passes as well because he is struggling also. I, I want to get your take on not only that, but what Mario did say at you know in the presser, right? As far as like not of course he's not gonna drag him under the bus. I mean, right. he's not gonna do that to his players. I don't expect anything else from any coach. What's your take on on him missing so much and and people saying, Well, hey, there's so many wide receivers that have been open that he's missing. What what's going on with that? Yeah, I, I don't necessarily see it. I agree with you, not to what people say, because, uh, I mean, uh, uh, most most Canes fans who have some knowledge of football, as most everyone does if you watch you know, a lot of college football, a lot of NFL, would also say that these receivers are not creating separation. So which is it, right? Are they Because if they aren't creating separation, he's not missing open receivers all the time. If they are creating separation, then maybe that's the case. So... Uh, I, I think that's been a, a big, big problem. And, and just to simplify it, and again, like I'm, you know, I'm not making excuses for the guy. I'm just telling it like it is. He, he did lose by far his two best receivers last year, and you know, he also lost his best receiver this year a couple of weeks ago. And and by the way, the latest word on Xavier Restrepo is, um, Cristobal said at least five and a half more weeks, and so I, I think that that would be maybe not even back in time for the Florida State game in early November. It may not be Georgia Tech or Clemson. It may not be until that range. So X is going to be out for a while longer. I think Jacoby George. He said that the timetable is less clear. Um, I think what he's dealing with is a thumb, although that's never been confirmed. That's what the rumor has been. Cristobal said it's harder to do a timetable for Jacoby's injury, um, so it's just sort of guesswork. But you know, could be another several weeks for him. And so, yeah. In, in the meantime, like I, 
I don't know. I, I kind of wouldn't mind maybe if Gaddis maybe tightens the receiver rotation a little bit because there, there's a couple guys that are standing out more than others. I mean, I, I think we're seeing good stuff from Keyshawn Smith. I think we finally started to see some good stuff from Frank Ladson because, uh, you know, even uh, Charleston Rambo was kind of a late bloomer last year. It took a, a few weeks, if I remember correctly, before he really got going. So maybe for Latson it would be the same thing. And, you know, I know Brashard Smith has been very up and down, mostly down this year, but I, I know he's capable of being more consistent. So maybe you can focus on those guys. And, uh, and you know, it sounds like Elijah Arroyo is in jeopardy for this game, and he may miss a little bit of time. So, you know, we need Will Mallory to play better. So I really I, – I see um, – not all of it, but I think a lot of it is just on these receivers and these tight ends needing to step up a lot more. But listen, I know the quarterback position is not easy to play. It's it's easy to be an armchair quarterback, right? Because I, I can do the same thing. I can go back and say, wow, well, listen, he didn't even see that side of the field. Uh, he's staring down his receivers. I know that's something that's driven us crazy watching Tyler this year. And I think just a lot of that is not really having confidence yet in this offense because it's just so different from what he was running last year and not having confidence in his receivers. So I, this is, this is something where I, I really hope the extra time in the bye because something Tyler has, I know he last week was working on doing some of the little things like focusing more on his mechanics. Cause I think it's easy to kind of fall out of your good habits and fall into back habits you know, things like your footwork and your posture when you're making throws. I know he was focusing a lot on that stuff last week. And another thing that I think is worth bringing up, um, it was kind of poetic how poorly he played last week because that was a couple days after those comments of his surfaced about him talking about Hard Rock Stadium having no atmosphere. And then, like, people were pissed about that, like, uh, I don't know. For me, like when I hear athletes say things maybe they shouldn't say, for me, it kind of goes in one ear out the other. Like I'm not really insulted by anything, but I, I heard from a handful of season ticket holders who were like, I will not support this guy. Like I like they were angry. Ridiculous. They it ridiculous. Personally, they took it personally with Tyler. Yeah. And I know a lot of that stuff got back to him. And then he's getting booed out there. So if, if you don't think that can affect the player when they, you know, they know that their own fans are angry at them and their own fans are booing them. I'm sure it affected him. Um, you know, people have a right to boo, I guess. So it's, you know, it is it is what it is. But he needs to snap out of that in, in a hurry, right? Uh, and it's just so many different factors that have been working against the entire passing game. Um, first of all, yeah, I think they took the stuff, they took everything that he said out of context. But I know, Vish, you wanted to say something. Yeah, about no. That. And by, the way, by the way, hold on. I know, Donald, we got to get you out of here and – in a couple minutes, if I'm not mistaken, as well, right? So we'll, yeah, if you, yeah, maybe like nine oh five would be good. A few minutes. Cool, Vish. I got, um, I got a few more hot takes in me. Yeah, give your thoughts, and then we'll kind of throw it to to, <clears throat> to, to Donald for his hot takes and and some keys to to UNC's game. Yeah, just I, I mean those like you said those were taken out of context. It was you know our, this reputable out, outlet barstool stirring crap up. They weren't even made recently. They just pulled them out of an old interview and kind of selectively edited it, and it. And it, even in in the out of context, all he said was, you know, Miami doesn't really have a college atmosphere, which we know it doesn't. We're proud of that fact. So what is wrong with people? And I, I think this is where things spiral out of control. And, yeah, he's going to hear the booze and, and, and all of that at the stadium. He's going to have to play through it now. But why we as a fan base don't want to put our players in a position to succeed is beyond me. I know. What, what good is this doing? 
Yeah, I mean, I know Barstool does it for clicks. I'm sure they got a lot of traffic on it. But what, what do the is, fans do it for? Yeah, like like Don, I was mentioning season ticket. I was like, I'm out on this kid. Really? Okay. <laughs> Good. Now, what did that accomplish? Give me your season tickets if you're out on Tyler Van Dyke. <laughs> there you go. I <laughs> love it. Don't have the DJ. Don't have no, the DJ. I, mean, like, I guess my point is, like, I understand being frustrated. We all get that way. I understand being upset. I never understand going to the stadium and heckling our own team and cheering against them and booing them. Or wanting them to fail, period. That's not going to make them play better. Right. right. <laughs> so do you well, want to like, win? I, I, think do you people, wanna, like, I think people actually you. think that like if I boo the quarterback and then they switch quarterbacks that like I did that. Like I think people think that. And like I, I I've already had people uh on Twitter telling me, and honestly, I can't tell who's joking and who's not, but like I, I saw somebody send me like the quote that they got to fly a fire Gaddis banner plane over the stadium, and like I couldn't uh, tell yeah, if that yeah, was yeah. like something they just did for fun or if that's something that they're really trying to do but it's like it's like i'm not saying you should be happy like bad football should not make you happy and i get it It it's why you know it's why we do shows like this right so people can vent and people can complain but when you're when you're actually sitting in the stadium booing your own players what's your goal like if your goal is to make them play worse then okay you might accomplish that but is that helping the team that you supposedly love like I I don't understand what you're trying to do there if you're actually gonna go through the trouble and, and go to the game either support them or keep your mouth shut right and you know people will say I pay all this money I have the right to boo and yeah you do it's it's America no one's gonna lock you up in a prison cell for booing your team but are is that really the way you want to help the team because you're not helping the team I agree. I agree. Uh, Donald, before we get you out of here, uh, just a couple of thoughts on the UNC game, you know, what your keys are for Miami to be successful and to get get out of ACC play uh, with a W under their belt this Saturday. It's it's a really, really interesting game coming up because, um, you know, I, I, I have a couple of people that I'm in very close contact with who cover UNC, including uh, Isaac Shade, who hosts Locked On Tar Heels. And it's like, both of these fan bases, I think, are going into this game not feeling very confident, right? I think in, in UNC's case, the UNC fans are like, well, you know, we can't really stop anybody. And Miami's coming out of a bye, and they just lost to a bad team. And so they're going to be super angry at home. So they're they're nervous. And then, of course, Miami fans are nervous because the last time you watched your team play, they looked terrible. And, and a lot of people just assume, hey, if they were that bad against Middle Tennessee, they're going to be that bad every week and they're going to go two and ten. And this is going to be the most embarrassing season ever. Uh, Miami's going to win some games. I don't know if it's going to be this week. I hope it's this week. But, you know, the, the big thing for me is. Um, they, they have to, they really have to bring back the physicality on both sides of the football. I I think that that's something that people take for granted is how much, uh, the offensive line really seemed to drop off, uh, last time out. Um, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because the O-line was the strength of the team for the first three games. Um, you know, I, I need people like DJ Ivy to, you know, for however long he's on the field, probably a lot to, you know, play the way that he did against Texas A&M, where it looked like, wow, not only is he not a liability, he looks really good that night. We were saying, like, we need him to step up. Um, you know, I, I need to see James Williams, who's usually excellent, but, you know, he was getting run over by that running back last time out, which was, to me, looked like an effort thing more than anything else. And, 
you know, uh, and, and obviously you want Miami's defensive line to be disruptive because you're going up against the guy who is statistically the best quarterback in the ACC right now, or he's certainly up there because like Sam Hartman has looked really good as well. But I think Drake may is statistically the best in the ACC right now. And one of the best in the country. And you're going up against an offense that averages over 500 yards. And so, um, I don't think your defense is going to be completely able to stop them. I think it's inevitable. They're going to put up yards. They're going to put up points. Uh, but you need to make some timely stops and hopefully force some takeaways. And then if you're going to win this game, I believe you have to win it in a shootout, which means your offense is going to have to score. And so you know what you don't want to do? You don't want to commit three first quarter turnovers like you did last week because you were in quicksand for the entire game because of that. So I'm expecting to see um, a Canes team that starts the game with a chip on their shoulder because everyone who put on the uniform last week, except maybe like two guys, uh, should be embarrassed for the performance, you know, against Middle Tennessee. So I want to see these guys hitting. I want to see these receivers getting open. I want to see your quarterback actually making crisp throws this time around. I want to see your offensive line shoving people on their asses and actually picking up some first downs on the ground and hopefully your running backs are healthy again. And, you know, at least, uh, I mean, I, I'm at a point where, you know, if, you know, I, of course I want Miami to win this game, but my most important goal is that I want Miami to win every game. Believe me, like I, I want to see them play with some pride because not only did they lose last time out, they just, you know, they, they looked like uh, a lot of these players and a lot of these units just kind of quit early on. So I, I'm expecting a lot better. And, you know, hopefully the hurricanes who I, I haven't even looked at the odds yet this week. I, I'm assuming that Miami's the favorite because I, I predicted it would probably open around four, four and a half. I saw, uh, I saw three. Three? three okay. Yeah, I, I think it's. I think the number is lower than I thought because North Carolina did look really good against Virginia Tech, like a little bit better than I thought they would. So I, I think if they hadn't looked so good, it would have been more like four and a half, five. But, yeah, I mean, Miami are favorite in this game. I hope they go out there and, and show everybody why. Awesome. Awesome. Don, I know we got to get rid of you now, man. Ugh, why you got to go? No, no, man. We appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, hope, we hope to have you on more often, too. Yeah, but actually, before you go, plug plug. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. Oh, I'm not you. done, Vish. Yeah, I, he was getting, I don't know. You're getting me. I'm angry. getting to it, man. Hey, 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 hey. I know you're getting anxious over there because we got you know we got to tell some of these guys something. But anyways, let them know, Don. We got to do some manscaping and stuff. So oh, nice. well, I, I don't know about I, you. I, I'm not doing any during the show. That's kind of. No, no, no. I told you to bring that cookie sponsorship in. I haven't heard any follow-up on that. Oh, I love it. Well, yeah. So you you guys can uh, can check out. I do uh, I do probably more content than I should uh, on the uh, the Locked On Canes channel. Oh, thank and and Rob Rob is one of our guys. Thank you so much, Rob. I think I've seen uh, a couple people in here who who listen to and watch our stuff as well. Uh, Locked On Canes on YouTube. Uh, also, I appreciate it, Rob. Also, the audio channel, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, pretty much wherever you get your pods. Locked On Canes, and yeah, I, I do. Uh, dolphin stuff as well with five reasons so you guys can see me on this very network as well and and thanks so much for having me guys i always enjoy talking to you always thanks donna good to have you you know you're always welcome here brother your family i appreciate it i I miss blue i know i know blue had to host his radio show tonight but i actually i had him on locked on today so i'm I'm glad i did so i uh you know I, i i didn't realize i'd miss him here so i'm glad i got to talk to him today there you go. Yeah, we're going to have to try to figure something out with Blue now. Oh, unbelievable. Those people over there at uh, 
at the at the at the, <laughs> yeah, co- at the company at the company. Yeah. <laughs> Just, he's got a new time slot which runs completely over our show. So oh, yeah. it is what it is. I'll see you guys. Donald, right, thanks, brother. Know. Take Bye, care. Bye, Donald. Thanks, Danny. Thanks, everybody. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, we're live. Yeah, we're live again. Hey, everybody. All, right. All right, this deserves. <laughs> hey, anybody that might randomly show up now? Oh, you. Oh, yeah. we're going to the rally cap now. Trying to rally, rally some more viewers back. I, I gotta go hats and hat backwards on this one. Um, yeah, we're never inviting. We're, we're never inviting Donald back on the show. <laughs> uh, that's for sure. Um, whatever. The first one I wanted to talk about. Oh, I wanted to kick this. Mm, Mark, I think his name was Mark. Posting, uh, posting, gone, man. posting the whole Jake Garcia thing about how Jake <clears throat> looked comfortable. Okay, let's just say that he didn't look comfortable. It doesn't mean he looked better. He did not look better. He looked just the same. He went ten of nineteen for like a buck sixty nine or a buck eighty three, something like that. Okay, he had two really solid throws, a couple other decent throws, whatever. But he didn't look better. So. What what is it? Why why are we all like, you know? And somebody else on tw- on on Instagram was also like, you know, this is such a dumb idea to start TVD. Uh, Gaddis and Cristobal are doing a poor job, and yada yada yada. Such a bad idea to start him over Jake Garcia. And I just don't understand why everybody is so. You know, I understand that the quarterback is the most popular guy in the football team, right? That old cliche, that old saying. Um, but the fact of the matter is that. You know, he didn't look better when he came in, right? He got that nice little spark on that first drive, and that was nice. But that was it. After that, it was kind of the same thing. As a matter of fact, he made some bad throws as well, right? Some into coverage that almost got picked off. So, I mean, 
you know, the, the whole notion of Jake Garcia is the better quarterback and you got to give him a shot. I think at this point, like people don't understand what goes on behind the scenes, what goes on in the background and how these guys practice. And to be quite honest with you, the TVD is looking like the guy. He looks 10 times better than all the other quarterbacks when he practices. Okay. This is not to say, all right. And I'm not sitting there. I'm not sitting here saying, okay. I'm not sitting here saying that the Tyler Van Dyke looks good. He doesn't, right? He looks bad. He looks like he's struggling. Okay. And he's has his issues, whether it's mental, whether whatever the case is, that he's, he's going through something that he needs to figure out. He needs to get together. Is he going to be on a long leash? No, I know Vish, you, you know, you mentioned he will be on a longer leash than people. I think anticipate that he will be. I think he will be, you know, I think Crystal Ball has the confidence in him. He's going to stick with him. That's his guy. But at the same time, like he knows that he's playing bad. He knows he's not playing to, up to his potential, you know, and, and for and for people to be like, you know, he's he's cr- he's cracking under pressure. Like where do are, are these just words and sayings that we're saying because it's a you know, it's like this is it's cliche to say these things. He's cracking under pressure and he's not. How is he cracking under pressure? This is what I want to know. What because last year he never cracked under pressure. If anything, he thrived under it. Okay, so uh, this whole notion that he's cracking under pressure is another thing that's you know it's again it's just thrown around like it's 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 a lazy argument is what I'm trying to say. It's it's lazy to say these cliches. Oh, he's cracking under pressure. He doesn't got what it, you know. Doesn't have what it takes. Whatever all these things that we like to say about it. Um, you know, that people are, that, that fans are saying out there. I think that we need to kind of take a step back and realize that we're four games into this regime. Okay. And it takes some time for people to gel, for people to get, you know, to, 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 to start playing together as a team and to start understanding everybody's kind of a, 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 a what's the word I'm looking for? Tendencies, right? Tendencies and how they play and kind of get that cohesion, that chemistry. It doesn't happen overnight, guys. Tyler Van Dyke is struggling. Hopefully, he puts it together. I don't know what you guys want to say on that. Yeah, well, I think the thing with 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 Garcia is, I think that story got written in terms of, oh, he was great and Van Dyke was terrible off of both of their first two passes. Van yeah, Dyke threw two right. picks. One was a pick six, and and Garcia completed his first two. One was beat down the field and led to a touchdown. And they're like, wow, this is way different. And then the rest of the whole rest of the game was not. And um. I think the overall thing, and I still stand by this, is it is very important that you do not put people in to positions to start, in particular quarterback, just because the starter is underperforming. They got to go earn that job. It's going to make them a better quarterback down the road. Frankly, like, obviously, I want to win on Saturday. I want to win these next eight games, right? Obviously. But throwing a quarterback out there that did not earn that job is going to make him worse next year and the year after that. Like, I want Garcia to be elite when he steps out there and leads this team. He's got that ability. Saying the starter is struggling, go do it now when he's not ready yet or he's not outplaying him in practice, sets the wrong tone for the entire team. Not to mention it's telling all of your seniors, juniors and seniors that, hey, if the season goes kind of off the rails, we're just going to bench you and put in freshmen because what the hell, who cares about this, right? So I, I think regardless of, you know, Van Dyke struggles, like you said, he's struggling. Garcia to start should really earn the job in practice every day, and then you know he got a chance to play, and it was it was better initially, but then it settled back into the same kind of right. basically the exact same thing, complete with driving inside the five yard line and failing on fourth down, 
forcing the ball to Will Mallory. Like they both did the exact same thing. It was just like a mirror image. So, so I, so to me, you know, for the best thing for Garcia's future, if you really like this guy is the guy, he's going to lead this program forward. Then, then, um, then you need to let him earn the job. Who said he was right? Re- okay. So we're getting these comments in here. He's like, not ready or he is ready. I, I'm no, sure he's saying, he's saying he's ready because he was right there with TBD when he got injured, at which point, TV started every game. And, no, no, he's being sarcastic. He's like saying he's he's responding to me saying he's not ready to be the starter yet. Right. By saying like get out of here with that comment. That he's that he is that, he, that he's not ready. He's saying he is ready because they were neck and neck last year before either of them had played, which kind of proves my point because after that, TVD kind of logged a lot of playing time. Here's the thing: they were both played against Central Connecticut or whatever that direction yeah, was look, last year, and then and then TVD took the job and look. Jake, Gar- Jake Garcia is not a bad quarterback. He's actually very good. He's very good. Okay, he's if you throw him in now, you got to understand something. There are things that Jake Garcia does, okay, that are going to make you want to throw him over a boat, right? He is. There's certain things that he does that TVD does not do. This is why TVD is a starting quarterback right now. This is why he outplayed him, okay, in practice. Whether they were neck and neck or not, TVD still got the job, and you saw why he was the quarterback last year. Now, yes, he is struggling this year, okay? He does need to earn the job. He has not earned the job because TVD is outplaying him in practice. And then when he does come in, he looked better initially, better, he reverted back to he wasn't better. He was the same, if not, you know, I don't want to say worse because obviously TVD threw the picks or whatever, but he wasn't better. He didn't spark this offense like we thought he would. He had that initial spark, okay, um, on that first drive. But then they reverted back to the same offense before, and that's not a knock on him. There are things that he does that are really awesome, right? Like he's got a strong arm, but he takes a little bit more risks. He may not be – he may crack under some pressure situations. We don't know, obviously, because we haven't seen him play that much in bigger games. However, right now, TVD is a starting quarterback. He is a better quarterback, and he shows that he's earned it in practice, and that's what we're saying, okay? We're not saying that Jake Garcia cannot come in and be successful. He probably could be, okay? But there's going to be things – you're going to go through a lot more growing pains – with Jake Garcia as your starting quarterback right now, than you would with TVD. And that's not saying that he's going to be worse or that he's going to look bad because he's probably going to do some really, really nice things, okay? But he's also going to do some things that are going to make you scratch your head. And I understand everybody's going to say, well, TVD's doing that now. Yes, he's struggling a little bit now, okay? But that doesn't mean that you get rid of your guy. You got to understand, this is not just about one player, people. This is about a culture. This is about a team. This is about a football program. And if you're going to start doing the same things, that led us to be in this situation that we are now, then what is the point? And that's what I'm trying to get at. DJ, you got any words on that? Well, it, well, it's also about the fact that Tyler Van Dyke's a little bit of a veteran, <clears throat> excuse me, so to speak. I know veterans not really used in college football terms, but he knows how to overcome adversity and kind of um, not work through things better, but he knows, you know, the – fast-paced college football bump in the road and how to deal with it. Jake Garcia doesn't necessarily know how to deal with it in season yet. So I think that's a component that should be mentioned there too. I mean, honestly, 
you know, Jay Garcia could very well be, you know, the future of the Miami Hurricanes quarterback. Oh, position. I'm sure he will yeah. be. I'm sure oh, he yeah, will absolutely. Be. But right now, you know, you got to go with Tyler Van Dyke. You got to go with the guy that's, you know, had success last year. And, you know, especially as you're going into ACC play, because I can almost guarantee you the same people that are calling for Jake Garcia to start on Saturday against against UNC would rip him apart if he started to fail against UNC and then you're back to square one again. So, you know, which one is it? Well, please get yeah. this one. This. Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to kind of end, like close this, this, this conversation out because I, I want to talk about how our defense stinks. We're playing in a good offense this week, which is probably going to be a bigger problem than our offense, to be honest. But, um, the, so, See, I'm, I'm reading all these comments, and, and frankly, I think there's a complete disconnect with how Garcia actually played and how it was perceived. He did not do enough to earn that job last week. What are we talking about? Absolutely like, not. Like he was 10 and 19. He made a ton of mistakes too. And so, um, see, and this is exactly the way that you lose a program, right? You have to have people earn playing time. Van Dyke earned it all of last year and through all of spring practice and through all of summer practice and week in, week out. And no, he's not playing well right now. But you just throw the backup in there because what the hell? That is not the way to build a program. I'm sorry. That's the type of stuff we've been doing for 20 years. To start off ACC play? Yeah. Well, I mean, Absolutely like we did, we did it all the way back to Kirby Freeman and Kyle Wright. We've been doing the same thing. The starter struggles a little bit. Yank him out. Put the other one in. We've been doing this for 15 years. We yeah, signed I, up for something different. We're getting something different. We're getting stability. He's sticking with him because that's the right thing to do for the program and because he's earned it in practice. Now, if Garcia came in and went like 20 of 20 and lit it up and threw five touchdowns, only an idiot wouldn't say, okay, he's earned it. Right. It was not that good of a performance. It was slightly better than Van Dyke was in that game, largely based off of just the first two passes. So I, for both of them, because Van Dyke threw, they both threw, you know, I guess uh, <laughs> they, both, they both hit people in stride. Unfortunately, Van Dyke hit the other team. Um, so no, no, you actually assess the play on the field and don't just go the backup must be better. So we got to try something. That's what we're suggesting we do. And the play on the field from Garcia has not been that great either. What's to say Jake Garcia doesn't lose and struggle. If you make him the starting quarterback, then are you going to complain and, you know, complain about Jake Garcia and yell for Tyler Mann? Right. I think that, that's that. And that's where I have a problem here is you, just saying the starter is not playing well, therefore the backup must be better. We got to try something. That's not how you build a program. Let him out. Let him out play TBD in practice and earn that job. Yeah, then, I think a lot. Can start him, and then everyone can yeah. respect that decision. If you're just gonna be like that guy's struggling, like how, what are you gonna do? Every time receiver drops a pass, bench him for the rest of the game. You're gonna have no one left on the field. Like you cannot operate that way. You can't have people afraid of getting pulled for poor play. You got to have other people come and earn it, right? When we talk about when this program was great, it was like. I knew I had to be on it in practice because the guy behind me was awesome too when he was going to take my spot. You can't have that. This is actually that in reverse. I'm just going to chill on the bench, wait for this other guy to screw up, and then I'm the starter, right? That's not like, – <laughs> That's the mentality we've had saying. for 20 years, and, right? and I do understand what Mark is saying. Like, he was bad. TV was yeah. bad. He was. We're not saying he wasn't. Yeah, he was bad. Yeah. So I get it. We're like, you cannot keep playing like that. I agree. You cannot keep playing like that. But if you want to – obviously, he needs to play better. But the idea that we just put the other guy in, that's where I have a problem. Let him work through it. We're not at the kill switch yet, in my opinion. Not even, especially if he's practicing better. 
because the players are seeing that week in, week out. They're watching in practice. They're seeing one guy play better than the other one. And then you see the other guy start. That's just bad. It's bad for your culture. Okay. Let's we talked about how the defense yeah. sucks. Yeah. Let's end well, it there. Because what are we going to do defensively? We, by can, the way? we, we, we can talk all anything. night. We can talk all night about this. The defense is going to be interesting to see because um, you got a lot of guys like we mentioned earlier in the earlier um, in the earlier show um, how uh, uh, you know we're we're down to we're down. It looks like potentially we could be down a tight end, right? So now you're talking about an underachieving Will Mallory, okay? And you're talking about a freshman uh, Jaleel Skinner. Love Jaleel Skinner. I think that he's going to be really, really good. Uh, and he's shown some flashes, so you're probably going to see a lot of him uh, on, on, on Saturday. However, again, I was talking about offense. On defense, you saw some lack of effort plays, and that's, that's the, biggest, the biggest issue that I had. I don't know if it necessarily means if we were necessarily – like if we were bad. Well, we're bad. We were bad. We played bad. But I don't think it was a lack of talent, right? Obviously, we're the more talented team than Middle Tennessee. The, the, the thing for me was the lack of effort that you saw. And you saw that revert back to what they were doing last year, the previous years. And that's the type of culture that Mario is trying to get rid of here. So the issue I have is with the lack of effort. Someone mentioned James Williams, uh, who was uh, struggling, looked like he was getting run over. I know Donald mentioned that. Um, yeah, he was because he wasn't playing with effort, right? You saw that. You saw guys like DJ Ivy kind of revert back to the old DJ Ivy, not, not the Texas A&M DJ Ivy. So what the hell happened there? You saw you saw us in a cover zero, okay, in the end zone. And what is a cover zero meant to do? Not let anybody get behind you. And that's exactly what happened, 99-yard touchdown. So, like, this is a lack of concentration. This is a lack of execution. I don't think it's a lack of talent. But you saw guys that they were running after players at, at a half. It looked like they were just quicker than us, more motivated than us to play this game. Right. And then you hear some of the comments from the from from after the game saying, you know, we weren't prepared to play this game. We were looking past them per se. Or what you know, all these stupid comments that these players are saying. That that sounds like, you know, previous regime uh um comments and culture so my thing is about effort more than anything vish i don't i i know we have the players i know that we're pretty damn good on defense okay i, I think that it just needs to show an effort and execution i know you probably think the different but we brought it it's not the same defense as last year because yeah, we brought I mean, in we brought in 12 new freaking defensive linemen yeah, I, I okay we brought in new linebackers so it's a lack of effort for me and that's concerning. I think it's Middle Tennessee that was certainly part of it. I, I don't think we, to your point, came ready to play. I think Mario hit the nail on the head. Those two turnovers, three turnovers, actually in the first three possessions, and everyone just checked out. And it's kind of embarrassing. Like we never yeah, got it, it going after that. But I mean, I'm watching Texas A&M's offense, and that's the only time our defenses look good. And I have a sneaking suspicion our defense blows. And we played one of the worst offenses in college football and looked really good on a big stage and kind of drew conclusions. Yeah, they're but terrible see, I, offensively. I think, I think you're underrating. I don't think that. I don't think so. I'm looking at some. So, so I mean, so so here, here's my here's my issue. I think if you look at the talent, you mentioned we brought. I think our D line has the potential to be really good. DJ Ivy played out of his mind for one game in his entire career. Like, why are we concluding that that's DJ Ivy and not? The person we've seen the rest of it, like the, the middle Tennessee DJ Ivy is much closer to what we've experienced for his entire career 
than what we saw against A&M. And A&M's offense is terrible. A lot of it, I think, was that. Well, I don't think. And then the other thing that's yes. happened. I don't think. Is, and, I don't think Texas A and M's offense is terrible. It's one of the worst. They're pretty bad. Football. I'm not going to lie. Sorry, Vince. They're pretty bad. I mean, they they benched that quarterback that they played against us in the middle of the last game because they couldn't move the ball. They did. I don't think they've gotten over 100 yards in the first half this year. Yeah, they of were, a game. They but but anyway, but but to 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 to, to kind of uh, taking that off the table, I think the other issue is we got to see where the health is. Because by the end of that game, we had a bunch of guys at corner that we would not want to be playing. Not because they're not good, just because they're not ready yet. Like you want Stevenson and Porter in there, not injured, and then you're playing like Malik Curtis and guys that you might want to get reps in a blowout, but not really ready to take full-time load. Like where's Isaiah Dunson? Where's Isaiah yeah. Dunson? Is he hurt? I, I don't know. Good question. But like we, we, we had a bunch of guys out there like these guys should have been you know, like we're expecting to see these guys two or three years from now. Not right now. <laughs> um, by, so, by the way, Kyle, Kyle, we're all wondering the same thing, brother. We're all wondering the same. Well, I mean, except when we put someone else in, they get burned, too. It's just kind of yeah. like. Yeah. And we're trying. Look, again, I don't want it to seem like we're knocking these players. We're, we're just. Well, we're just, criticizing, right? Criticizing well, the play on the field. It's the yeah, bottom line. I think they can play better. So I think they can yeah. play better. Um, I, I, I do think there is a better defense in there, but I also think we're probably – I would say we're probably closer to what we saw against Southern Miss than we are against – than what we saw against Middle Tennessee or against A&M, which is we're okay. We got some issues, especially in pass defense. We struggle to cover – but we're okay and serviceable. Middle Tennessee, to your point, when you add that to no effort, you get blown off the field. Right. Um, and then happened. A&M, I think a lot of that was their offense just isn't good. So, but we're probably somewhere, you know, borderline decent defensively, but like now we're playing North Carolina's offense is elite. So it's going to be a problem. Yeah. I've, I I think that. Um, I also don't understand what we're doing at like, the linebacker position. Yeah, the linebacker position is true. I don't know why Wayman Steve like everyone gets on flag. Like, why is Wayman Steve playing? Flag's so not having a bad year anyway. No, he's having just, a good year. But again, he's good at what he's good at. He's right. not, you know, he has his deficiencies as well. But like not seeing Caleb Johnson on the field enough, not seeing Keontre Smith on the field enough. Uh, really Chase, at all almost. Yeah, a lot know, of these guys. Frierson's not playing. Uh, Frierson, really. we barely saw him against yeah, Minnesota. And, and I don't, like, I don't know. And, 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 you know, I know, you know, uh, Mario talked about Zion had a setback. That's why he didn't play. Yeah. I feel like no one will ever admit this. I don't think it was just the players that didn't take that game seriously. That was a good rest guys up after we went on the road at SEC game, give them two weeks off to prepare for ACC play game. And then we ended up down 24-3 in the first half. And it's like crap. Um, so I don't think I don't think that was just the players that kind of had that attitude. We'll win the game regardless of what we do. So let's like, you know, kind of prepare to get a good rest week in here and then got hit in the mouth. Look, here's here's another thing I want to kind of mention. And and DJ, maybe you can kind of speak on this. The whole notion that yeah we're hurt and we're losing you know we're losing guys left and right and excuse me you know now our running backs are hurt and our offensive line and Zion Nelson and this that and the other listen every single team in college football is dealing with it they're all dealing with injuries right we're starting to see you know FSU obviously started off really hot they 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 got knocked around against Wake Forest that was that was they got. They got beat up a lot worse than the than, than the score than the score shows. Okay, 
but they they lost a whole bunch of guys as well, right? Now you're seeing Bryce Young got hurt. Everybody is getting hurt. There's injuries everywhere. So the excuse of having injuries, I think, affects more, others more than than you know some teams more than others because we got to go to depth on that, right? But the whole notion of you know, well, we're hurt, so that's why we're struggling. No, everybody is hurt. You know, every team has people that are injured, so you just got to step up. Other players have to step up, and I that's that's that, why and, and we have to understand going, that it's going to take a while. It's I would say the string of injuries at like the same positions. Like we we've we've got four scholarship running backs injured. Yeah, like I don't think most teams are dealing with that. Well, you came in with like one of the deepest running back pools in college football. Well, I, I don't four know. out of the five are injured, right? I mean, that's yeah, pretty abnormal. The receiver stuff we should be able to play through because. I mean, George was suspended the first two games, and we should be able to get through that. Just, I think that the order of losing all the corners one by one in the middle of the last game probably hurt. That was a tough adjustment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the overall injuries, you know, play through it. Play through it. That's it. Uh, DJ, your your thoughts on playing, a, you know, Drake May in that offense for UNC and how the defense responds to it. I'm kind of worried, to be honest with you. I'm kind of worried uh, for this Miami defense. I mean, just looking at this stat sheet and watching them play, I mean, Drake May is absolutely phenomenal. Not only that, but UNC has so many different weapons. They utilize their tight ends, Bryson Nesbitt and uh, Kamari Morales. Kamari Morales has three touchdowns on the season. Then their wide receiver, Josh Downs, has four. There's so many different weapons that – the Tar Heels have. They're not really a big running team. They're more of a passing team. But, um, you know, for me, and I wrote about this earlier today, the pass rush is going to really need to step up for Miami because if you give Drake May time, he is going to absolutely tear them apart. So I think if we want to see good secondary play on Saturday, we're going to need to get a good pass pass rushing pressure on May. And I know um, – I believe it was Flag and Daryl Porter had a sack each against Middle Tennessee State uh, the last time out. That's not going to cut it. Miami's going to need to bring consistent pressure throughout the entire game. And, you know, I'm honestly really, really worried about Drake May against this Miami defense. I don't know if you guys are as worried, but I just – there's just too many weapons for this for this UNC team for Miami to take it easy. Well – yeah, I'm a little worried, right? I mean, we, we gave up all those points to to Middle Tennessee, and, and we looked bad, and, and the effort wasn't there, and you see some of our deficiencies. Um, I, you guys are probably a little more worried than I am because I think that, um, you know, I, I here's the thing, right? The truth is that I have confidence in this coaching staff and Coach Steele and, and Charlie Strong and all these guys to kind of get it, to get it right, to get it together, plus – They've had two weeks, and when you have an elite coaching staff, and I get it, I know a lot of people are not, you know, are not um, confident right now in this elite coaching staff. But I think you've got two weeks to prepare for a team like this. My biggest concern is not really is not even Drake May's passing. He's six five, two hundred and forty pounds, right? He's a big dude. He's like Josh Allen esque, right? Like he's big like that. He can run, right? So my biggest issue is some of our tackling deficiencies that are still showing up here and there. If if he breaks contain and he runs, are we going to be able to bring him down on enough of those third and shorts, third and longs, whatever the case is? Those are going to be my biggest my biggest question marks. Do we have the guys that can, 
you know, that can bring him down or that can spy him or whatever, because he is going to do that. He can run the football a little bit. He knows, obviously, he's got a, a big arm. He's got some good receivers. So he's, he's going to be able to throw the ball down the field a little bit. Um, my biggest concern is going to be his legs and bringing him down, right? Like you said, DJ, they're going to have to get some, some solid pass rush, keep him in the pocket, um, not let him break contain and get outside um, and, 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 and interrupt and disrupt his passing lanes and, and disrupt uh, his timing, right, in order for us to be able to, to um, you know, to be successful against them. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not 100% concerned because I think that our – I think that some of our defense, you know, I think they'll be able to get it together, especially with Coach Theo and, and, and them. Yeah, and the other thing is there UNC is used to playing high-scoring games, going up and down the field. Their defense isn't good. And if the we can just make it, you know, good. yeah, so we can make a few stops. One thing we haven't not done at all the last two weeks is force turnovers. We have one in the two games that we've yeah. forced some turnovers. Get them a little stuck there, you know. Don't allow them to score easily. It can throw them off though. When teams are used to playing those shootout games, right, and and you get a couple of stops and kind of slow them down, even if they're still successful, it does throw them off their rhythm as a team, right, um, and puts a lot of pressure on their defense. So, so that that's where we got it. We got somehow force some turnovers in this game, and then get a couple of stops on top of that, and then you know it'll like like when they played App State, they gave up forty points in the fourth quarter and still won. Right. I mean, this is a team that's not used to playing kind of grind out games. And frankly, that appears to be our style. So, you know, if we right. dictate style to them and, if and we, grind on them, it can throw them off. If we can figure out our running, our running situation, running back situation, if they're healthy enough and we can we can hold on to that football, run the ball on them. Yeah, that neutralizes their 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 offense as well, right? Of course, of course, we're taking time off the clock, uh, time of possession, and that might be what Josh Gaddis wants to do in this game, also. And I totally understand that. You got to get the quarterback going, right? So we've already spoken ad nauseum about getting TVD going. Um, this question is very interesting. Uh, what Kyle poses here: Do you bring blitz or sit back and hope your front four can get pressure? No, you bring blitz. Yeah, yeah you bring you, the blitz. You, if you can, if like I said, you have to disrupt his timing. You have to disrupt his passing lanes. You've got to bring blitzes from everywhere. Um, could our front four possibly get to him? Yeah, I'm not sure how good their offensive line is, to be honest with you. Uh, I know Stacey Cyril's – oh, as a matter of fact, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're, their horse on, on the offensive line is a former Kane. So it's Corey Gaynor is their starting center. Remember that. So um, And Stacey Cyril's is their offensive line coach. So a couple of Canes, uh, former Canes over there. Um, I know that Corey Gaynor is going to want to play a really good game. But we all know that he's not the greatest center anyway, so we should be we should um, really kind of look forward to, to getting after him and that offensive line. Uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, you got to blitz in this game in order to so, to disrupt that that offense. So, so Stacy Searles actually isn't there anymore. Oh, he's not. He's not there anymore. No, oh, he okay. Went, he went. He, he went to Georgia. He's Georgia's offensive line coach. Oh, okay. Which was funny last week if you're watching them play Missouri and like Blake Baker's defense was going up against Stacey Searles. And I was like, what ring of hell am I in? But anyway, um, um, I unbelievable. actually. Unbelievable how Stacey Searles couldn't be an offensive line coach here, though, right? No, he he only left because Rick, when Rick retired, yeah, right? That's I, when he, I left. Now, he was actually, Rick could actually had enough juice to get some real coaches. He didn't have budget. Searles is pretty damn good. Yeah, no, no. He was a, he was a good coach. And, and, and you know, if Rick did 
stayed, he would have stayed, I think. Yeah. And we saw what he did against us with Javante Williams and Michael Carter. Yeah, a couple let's years not, not relieve re- 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 <laughs> that. He saw, he saw Manny's defense every day. Press is like, oh, I don't know Run right up the middle for four yeah. million yards. Uh, but, anyway, but actually, yeah. I, I would say a little bit. Um, I don't know that I would necessarily blitz. I wonder, like, North Carolina gets a lot of Chen plays. If you force them to drive the ball, like, to me, you might have more success doing that. To me, it's predicated, though, on can we even cover? Like, are we going to be – if they're going to get open anyway, then you just got to be aggressive and try to pressure the quarterback. But That's why you bring the – But blitz. if you can force them to complete, like, 10 seven-yard passes to drive the ball, uh, that's a little bit different than what they've been doing. Right. So, so I'm not well, that's, necessarily – That's what we're crappy, right, is in chunk plays. You're right. So, uh, so to your point, I, I'm erring kind of on your side of – probably going to give these big plays anyway. So let's try to disrupt it at the throne because we're not doing it at the catch. Right. But if they think they can actually like force them to execute, essentially force them the way to the way to, to play the way we've been doing, which is these long drives where there's zero margin for error because like you're getting five, six yards instead of like 12, 15, 20, right. you know, and force them to drive that way. I'm just, I think they're too good offensively for us to like shut them out or something. So to me, I'm just trying to disrupt their rhythm, get them out of what they're comfortable with. So is that blitzing? Probably. But I could also see an argument for that is just don't let them get chunk plays. Make them just slowly drive, 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 and be perfect. Right. So I can see both of those as, as kind of solutions there. I really hope that we get to figure out – by the way, so it looks like, <clears throat> as I mentioned earlier, it looks like we may not see a Royal in this game. Um he may be dealing with an injury. I'm not 100% sure. I don't like to kind of speculate on that. And since they haven't come out with it, I won't kind of say too much on it. But, you know, if that's the well, case. Well, Cristobal did talk about it. So he did say yeah. he, he was banged up and questionable, which to me, yeah. when the other guys he won't comment on, he says questionable probably means he's not playing. Probably. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. So uh, you're probably going to see a lot of, again, Jaleel Skinner. And quite frankly, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with seeing Skinner. Right, like we saw that he he can play a little bit, man. He's got some good hands. He runs some some decent routes. He's big, tall, lanky, kind of guy that can play a wide receiver slash tight end position. Um, we just need some guys to block in there. We need uh, Will Mallory to have a decent game. Um, I think it's going to be important. What are your keys to the game, Vish, uh, against uh, North Carolina? So offensively, it is. When there's plays there to be made, you got to make them. That means the throw needs to be there and the ball needs to be caught. Um, and because there's going to be, just like there were against Middle Tennessee, you know, there's going to be six, seven huge plays where you just got to execute it. And we've seen the last two games, we haven't done it, whether it's, you know, against AM um, missing and actually against Middle Tennessee, just missing blocks when we had the bubble screen set up perfectly for a walk in touchdown. Both those games, we missed the blocks. Those. Against a and was Parrish dropping the ball when he was wide open. We'd emptied the field out, so we could have walked in. You know, um, last week, Latson and and uh, Brunson had touchdowns that they should have caught. That kind of – it's not pure drop because they were there was a defender that was, like, wide open. But you got to – those are the ones I'm saying. Those ones got to make that catch. Yep, yep. Right, you've got to make that catch. Like, those are the ones that will get your quarterback confidence. Those are the ones that will – those are touchdowns. So, to me, that's it. There's going to be – five, six, seven offensive plays that that if executed correctly will lead to touchdowns or big chunk plays. We gotta hit those. We're doing a very good job of executing the the short plays and the running game and, and picking up those incremental gains. And then we're frankly crapping our pants on the key plays where it's like, all right, this we we set the whole drive up to hit this throw. 
and either the throws inaccurate or the ball gets dropped or someone yep. misses a block and like you cannot do that if you capitalize on that all of a sudden like you have another 15 20 points on the board then you otherwise would get all of a sudden the offense looks fine so to me that's the key you cannot there's no margin for error you got to hit all those because north carolina sure as hell is going to score yep i agree dj what what are your uh keys to the game here get get pressure on uh Drake May and offensively, and I don't know if this is possible since we really haven't done it yet, but uh, I would love to see, honestly, the running backs get a little bit more involved in the passing game. Uh, you know, getting the running backs involved could give Tyler Van Dyke confidence, get those quick, easy throws. Like I said, they haven't really been a big feature um, in the offense and, you know, in a Josh Gaddis-led offense. I'm not really sure he uses – the running backs as pass catchers. But beyond that, I just want Tyler Van Dyke to make quick decisions, quick, intelligent decisions. Uh, I thought he held on to the ball too long against Bill Tessie State. I'm sure we all saw it. But, you know, I think he needs to, you know, identify his read, identify correctly his read, and then, you know, just just throw the ball. It doesn't have to be 20-yard passes down the field every time. Just keep moving the change. Four or five yards, run the ball. There, there you have a drive and, you know, you got to kind of have smart drives, turnover free drives and drives that move the chains. So, you know, just uh, getting pressure on May and smart decision making from Tyler Van Dyke, as well as hoping the running backs get a little bit more involved in the passing game. Um, yeah, I mean, Mike, he's the game real, real, real quick or kind of echo a lot of your sentiments. DJ and Vish, right? Like for me, it's an offense. So for me, I think the important thing is to get TVD going early. Uh, if you get TVD going early, get him a couple, a couple short passes, maybe some intermediate stuff, uh, take some shots down the field. I think that even if he doesn't hit all of them, I think you need to do that, kind of build his confidence up a little bit, get him going, get him going quickly and early uh, and see if he can, you know, if he can, um, if he can jumpstart this offense and score some points. Okay. I think that's the first and foremost, the thing on offense uh, that I think we need to do on defense. I think that just execution, man, and, and more effort, right? Like you've got to be able to, like you mentioned, DJs, put some pressure on Drake may. Okay. Get him to feel uncomfortable, uh, but to stay in the pocket, right? Cause when he breaks in 10, you got to be able to tackle him. You got to be able to bring him down. So that's going to be important. Uh, need the passing game to step up. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. I'm with you. I agree. I agree with that, Kyle. Um, so we've lost Jazz. <laughs> you good there, Jazz? He, he, he like patted his chest and then away the mic went. Uh, what about now? Am I good? You're back. Yeah, you're, you're back. back. Um, like I mentioned, just uh, pressure uh, uh, Drake may, um, you know, make him maybe – you know, commit some turnovers, right? Uh, I think that that's important. The defense needs to get some turnovers to kind of get them going and get some confidence in them as well. So just simple, obvious things, but not so obvious. <laughs> you know, get TVD going. And on the other side is make sure that Drake May doesn't get going that much. Try to contain him as much as possible. So uh, those yeah, are it's the like, obvious things we haven't been doing, right? Right. The obvious Like things, don't give up big plays, force some turnovers, Pitch and catch when the guys are open. Makes it. Those are things we haven't been doing. So. But I think it's important. I think it's really important to get TVD going early. I think we have to to kind of get his confidence up again. So, um, 
Do we want to do predictions on points? I hate doing that. Given my my no record in the last few, let's like just pass. Yes. No good. No good will come on that of that. Yes. No point predictions. I hate doing that crap. We are going. We are not going to do it ever again. How about that? We're never going to. Sounds good to me. I'm off. You can do it on. You can do it on your own, Vish. I'm not. I'm not asking you for a prediction. Okay. For a point (laughs) prediction. Um. Thanks for everybody that joined the show, Gary, Kyle, even. Mark and U-Town. I know U-Town was on here for a little while and all the rest of the guys that were on here. Yeah, I think Mark made it back. I think U-Town did not. Yep. You can blame Dono for that. Yeah, I don't know what came through parts. on the live feed if the part we said oops came through or not over the YouTube stream. But we all heard it. <laughs> then we were like, what? Oops, what? Oh, you can't oh, stream. Ja, ja, the rest of the crew. Uh, Gary, of course, thanks for, for joining us on the show. Uh, make sure that you follow us on Twitter at Six Rings Canes. Um, we will have a pre and a post game show for the UNC game. Um, and as you see the scrolling down here, we didn't mention it, but please support the victims of Hurricane Ian by uh, donating to the links in the description. Just go ahead and go into the links, click on those links and donate directly to them. We've got the Harry Chapin, uh, uh, food bank we also have the friends in service here which is uh fish is the acronym for it uh friends in service here is another uh food bank as well and valerie's house which uh helps underprivileged children correct and um uh, fish. yeah it's, it's specifically children getting through um traumatic experiences <laughs> like i love it i love Jake, it Jake, i love it baby even if i don't agree with you i love it man keep it coming, keep it coming man. we appreciate it we appreciate yeah, it definitely. Yeah. all love baby all love for the canes fan we, we're speaking just gonna bust, trauma, we're gonna bust your balls right back all right yeah, yeah yeah speaking of trauma you know let's hope we don't have any this weekend but yeah i know that the the um <laughs> look the, gus just texted me did the show cut off early <laughs> Oh, uh, man. yeah but we started a new stream oh man <laughs> thanks for joining both parts everybody we yeah, appreciate yeah. it like, i'm surprised this many people made it over frankly oh boy oh boy yeah i'm gonna tell him it's donald's fault Dono, it's your fault man he knows. Uh, he knows he knows it he knows it now but all love for donna as well thanks for alexander joining us on the on the first part of this uh <laughs> of the unc preview uh show here on the uh, six rings Dono decide you know if he had to leave we all had to leave so yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, again, pre and post game shows. Whether it's myself and Vish, because we will be at the game. Uh, we are uh, we're, we're we're doing something early in the morning, which is stupid, but whatever. We're doing it anyways. Uh, we're running. Just know I'm jealous of both of you. So there you go. Don't be je- so jealous of waking up really early and having to go run a 5k or a 10k. Okay, that's not fun. You guys are taking running for granted. That's all I'm saying. That's wow. all I'm saying. I was about to say, Jazz. I'm all about to say that too. Come on, I know. Man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yeah. I get it. I get it. But, uh, you know, I'm like, <laughs> Jesus, man. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see much of it. The show I, I, get too, I get too much of it in college. That's all. Um, uh, yeah, we'll let you know. We'll let you know, Gary. We'll, we'll, we're trying to put something big together. Trying to put something big together. Um, we'll let you guys know. Again, uh, make sure you check us out every Monday night, 8:30 p.m. The Five Reasons Sports YouTube channel, pre and post game shows as well. Maybe DJ and Blue can do something. Vish and myself will be at the game as well. I don't know how much of a pregame we'll get, but we'll, we'll get one. Yeah, yeah. All right, perfect, perfect. So uh make sure you keep it locked on Twitter at Six Rings Canes for uh some live tweeting as well during the game. And um, and we'll make sure we keep you keep you guys informed on, on the latest stuff that's going on as well with Hurricanes football. Uh, Vish, DJ, um, thank you guys for joining. Let's go get. Let's go ahead and give a shout out to our 
sponsor of the night as well, and that's Manscaped. Uh, let's give him a shout-out really quick. By the way, summer is over, but that doesn't mean you can't get your balls looking nice and, and Look, man, it, it's All Miami, right? so so summer is year round. So you know, you still gotta you still gotta clean up there. You, you still gotta have the assets. Massachusetts. It's, cold. <laughs> it's already cold up there. That's right. It still, still doesn't matter. Right? Like you know, when you shave and you know you get the goosebumps and all that stuff, and the hair starts coming out again, you got to be prepared. You got to be ready to go, man. And that's what Manscaped helps you do. Make sure you check them out on manscaped.com. When you do sign up and order anything, make sure you put in the code 5RSN. That's the, the let, excuse me, the number 5 and the letters RSN in the um, in the uh, in the code and it'll give you 20% off of your purchase plus it'll give you free ship, free shipping as well. So make sure you go put in the code 5RSN when you log into manscaped.com. You've got things like uh, oh man, uh, the 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 uh, What's it called? The 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 lawnmower, the lawnmower 4.0. Yeah, 4.0. Right. You got the you got the trimmers. You've got the um, uh, the weed whacker. Okay, you've got the weed whacker, which is for your ear for your ears and your nose. You've got the lawn, like as I mentioned, lawnmower 4.0, uh, fourth generation. It's a fourth generation trimmer. It also features cutting edge ceramic blade uh, to reduce your grooming accidents as well. Uh, and as I you mentioned, the, there, so. you, what you want to do is you want to get that performance package. That's the one I got. It gets you the weed whacker. It gets you the the uh, the lawnmower. It also <laughs> gives you the um, the crop preserver and the ball deodorant. Right? It's all really good stuff. I know. I use it. It's great. By the way, that 4.0 with a little light with a little light as well. I'm telling you, it's clutch. All right. I'm just gonna leave it there. But they also give you some some nice boxers, man. The ladies will love that when you wear it. So make sure you wear your boxers as well. Um, uh, after yeah, yeah. Man. Don't be invested in the trimmer and you clean everything up down there and you put on a ratty old pair of boxers. So you know you, know, you gotta you gotta complete the ensemble there. <laughs> <laughs> make sure you guys log in um, and when you purchase it, manscaped.com, Code word is five RSN for twenty percent off plus free shipping on your order. Manscaped.com. Check them out. That's it for today, ladies and gentlemen. That's all. We appreciate you all joining us on the show uh, for part one and part two. <laughs> yeah, I, especially the ones that somehow made it back over here, man. Yeah. Uh, definitely appreciate that. Gus, you know, he um, – Gus is funny, though. He was laughing about it. He's like, what happened to the er- – did the feet get cut off early? Oh, man. I'm sure some other people that were watching it did that too, so – you know, never ceases to uh, to surprise us here on the uh, Six yeah. Rings King. Never show. a dull day here. But, but rest assured, regardless of what happens on Saturday, I will update you guys on Fat Bear Week next week. Oh Jesus! So Fat so Bear. we're gonna we're gonna keep that up. For the, it's, it, it is actually just a week, so we're not gonna keep it up. <laughs> it's Fat Bear Week. <laughs> so more seriously, I, we do have a we definitely have a I would say decent shot at winning on Saturday. So let's let's see what we're made of here. I would say so myself. All right, fellas. We'll see you guys uh, this weekend. UNC Miami. Let's go. Go Canes. See you guys later. Go Canes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.